In our last study, Exodus chapter 19, Exodus chapter 19 verse 9 was or is that superpower text for me. And I'd like to read it again. I'd like to read it again. This text has stayed on my mind. And I feel this text, this exact text in Exodus chapter 19 verse 9 is the entire gospel of the Bible. It is the entire message God has for you and for me. In fact, this is the only message God has for you and for me. I'll read it again. Exodus chapter 19. Sorry, it's not verse 9 actually. It's verse um it's verse 6. And it says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all sins above all people for all the earth is mine this is the gospel this is the gospel of the bible this is the gospel of the creator to the created beings a call to obedience call to obedience that is the only thing and like i've been repeating and singing in your ears all we have been reading from the book of genesis down to this point exodus chapter 19 all we have been reading all we have been studying all god has been revealing to us is obedience 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 now we have god telling us in very clear terms in very clear words <laughs> in the simplest of them all it says if you obey me then you myself and yourself shall be a special people amongst all the nations of the earth if only we obey so if we don't obey then we are not special if we don't obey we are not special. How about the Lord help us? The Lord really help us. You know, on preparing for today's podcast, I, as it's a custom, I had to go through um, the passage, the chapter before coming on to record the podcast. And Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments that was given on Mount Sinai. Now, this is very interesting this is a very interesting study now i'm not saying it's a very interesting study because we're going to hear from the lord we're going to receive instructions we're going to receive counsel from god alone but because of the event that has happened um last month last november i think november 26 was when cop 27 was held and guess what it was held in Mount Sinai. They said they went to collect Ten Commandments plus one on Mount Sinai, mimicking the commandment that was given to the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. What audacity! What audacity! May the Lord have mercy. May the Lord have mercy upon us. Is the prayer. Exodus chapter 20. Let us study together. Again, I will do this from the New King James Bible Version. And the subheading is the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. We have been reading when God was telling Isaac that your father is my friend. I trust him. I trust that he will keep my charge. He will keep my commandments. He would keep my ordinances. And... All of that. Now we are going to know what were those commandments that Abraham kept. 
What were those commandments? As we studied Exodus chapter 19, I remember at a point we read that uh, uh, we read where the children of Israel replied Moses to deliver to God. All that you said, we will do. You know, it wasn't until after um, I recorded the podcast and uploaded and uh, published, I was thinking, what exactly did they hear? <laughs> what exactly did they hear that they said they would do? And you know, as uh, as I was about recording this, then I remembered one lesson that we have learned. I remembered a pattern that we have seen God use to teach us. At first, he gives us the overview. Then as we go on, as we go on, he, he reveals things to us. He starts to shine light on issues gradually. And it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's, God really wants to have this relationship with us. I would, I would like to bring back this example. For those who are married, for those who are married, I'm, I'm intentional about this, not those who are dating. For those who are married, on meeting your partner, you didn't just, I believe, you didn't just download everything at once. Oh, my name is Oluwafemi. I'm, I'm not too tall. I'm light-skinned. No, no, no. Before I was light-skinned, then sun made me dark. Uh, I like porridge. Oh, I like this. I like doing this. I like doing. No, I believe. I believe you didn't drop all the information. I wouldn't. Right. We took our time. I'm sure you must have taken your time. Revealing gradually, taking note of your partner's character as oh this observing and this, and I see God doing the same thing, even as we are seeking to know what truth is according to Him. The more we come back, the more he reveals. Not only does he want to tell us the truth, he wants to have a relationship with us. And, you know, with the knowledge we have, we know that at every point where he reveals to us what truth is, he reveals to us what the requirements are in order for us to dwell with him. What the requirements are in order for him to regard us as special. Oh, Exodus chapter 19 verse 5. That is a verse worth committing to memory. It's absolutely worth it. Absolutely. For it is that which we must remember that. See, for us to be regarded as special in the sight of God, then we must obey no obedience, no speciality. No obedience, no speciality. My mom. My mom. She knows how much I like a food item. I'm not going to say it so <laughs> nobody will use it against me. She knows how much I like a food item. So I'm always in her face. Ah, When she sees a food item, she remembers feeling. There's that sense of speciality. Now, she remembers me because I I believe I have been an obedient son. If I was disobedient, the thought of me wouldn't come to mind. I'm just using this to express what it means to be special in the sight of a person. May the Lord help us as we study today. May the Lord help us. As we study today, let us invite the Holy Spirit to abide with us as we learn these commandments, as we learn this thing that we must do before we will be regarded as special in the sight of the Creator. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love and kindness towards us. We do not deserve it, for there is nothing good in us. We are sinful and we have fallen. 
But there is no else we can look up to except to you. For it is only you that can save, it is only you that can deliver. Please help us. We ask for your Holy Spirit. We trust that you will send him to us. Please send him to us swiftly. That he may soften our hearts and even steer it to do your will. This is our prayer, Father. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus chapter 20. As we have been joining with God from the book of Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, where we have the record of the fall of man, when man sinned and was cast out of the Garden of Eden, we have been reading, God has been revealing to us men who walked with him. And we understand, we were made to understand what it means to actually walk with God. It means they obeyed God. Now, if they obeyed God, then God must have given a commandment or God must have given commands. And that's, that's not a new thing. That's not a new thing. There is this question we asked a long time ago, of which we didn't have anybody answer us. But God has been answering us by himself. Now, that question was, or that question is, as it's still being answered. When God spoke to Isaac and said, I know your father, Abraham, that he would keep my charge, he would keep my ordinance, he would keep my commandments, and he would keep my statutes. And we were, we had an understanding that for God to state those terms separately, then it would mean that, mean that each term had its own, say, instructions. And we have been seeing that. Yes, we have been seeing that in ordinances when God told Moses to deliver that ordinance to the Israelites, that is the feast of Passover, the feast of unleafing the bread. He called that an ordinance. Now, we understand that there is also this sacrificial system, which is separate from the ordinance. And today, we are seeing the commandments. Now, we saw that Enoch kept the commandments. Enoch walked with God. Now, this is very interesting. Now, God didn't stop at telling us that, oh, Enoch obeyed me, Enoch kept my charge, Enoch walked with me. He is now giving us those commandments that Enoch and other patriarchs, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and a lot more, Melchizedek, and a lot more, is giving us the commandments that they kept he's given us the commandments that they obeyed and god said these men walked with me these men obeyed me and as they obeyed me as the promise is given they would dwell in my kingdom that's not my word we read that enoch was taken so in this study we are going to look at these commandments microscopically i don't mind if we actually split this podcast into another part because we are going to be taking each command looking at it critically and getting every every information that we can possibly get from it oh and i pray i pray so much that god will guide my mind god guide my lips that i don't overstretch these commandments that I don't add to the simple things God has commanded. And in as much as I don't want to add, I pray that I would say the right words and we will have the deep understanding. Remember, we want to study these commandments microscopically. We want to grab everything. For this is the commandments that Enoch kept and he was taken. Wouldn't you like to be taken? <laughs> I'd like to be taken. So let us pray. Let us keep a prayerful heart as we go through the Ten Commandments God gave the children of Israel. The Ten Commandments God gave man. 
let us study together and let us like i said with a prayerful heart contribute to prayers that i speak god will give you deeper understanding of these commandments exodus chapter 20 starting from verse 1 and god spoke all these words saying i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of bondage god was still in the cloud god was still in that thick cloud the commandment goes forth this commandment is to you and me remember you shall have no other gods he didn't say god he says gods now this god is in small letter g you shall have no other gods before me now that is nothing must come before god ah nothing must come before god now i had to check the dictionary for the definition of of god not that i don't know the definition of god but i need to have um, a broad understanding of the word yes god is the supreme being god is the creator of the universe but this is a small this is uh, a small letter g now a god is a ruler when i say ruler i mean like king or prince or whatever or even a president and a god is something a person or an object that is valued now if the lord says we should not have any god before him it means we should not have any ruler or any object that we hold in high esteem or esteem now what's an object remember we want to have we want to have a deep understanding of these commandments so that we do not err in ignorance we want to take our time and understand and to the to the most little information that we can get from these commandments now if an object that is valued can be regarded as uh, a god and if a ruler or even a being a human being can be regarded or reverenced and given the name god then it would mean god is saying you shall have say a child say one holds a child in very high esteem that will do anything to please a child perhaps it's god that gave me the child i can imagine oh yes god gave me the child i i I'm responsible for this child. I should take care of this child. I should go the extra mile for this child. But we have a rebuke here. You shall have no other God before me. Yes, parents can make their children God, most especially if they disobey the Creator to please or to satisfy that child that the Creator has given. Let's take another example. Finance. Money. Money is a God if, if it is valued over God. Now, if the heart is constantly contemplating upon the issues of money, or oh, places where we are to have our special time of devotion with God, we are rushing that ah now she been a person who they chop they they pray you know give all those kind of excuses what i what i mean there what i said there is it's someone that works it's someone that is alive it's someone that is well that can serve god and for that reason we excuse our time with god in pursuit of money at that point that money has become a god don't forget any object that is valued above god is a god source already what else what else what else oh my appearance i i, I want to be beautiful and in 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 the in the pursuit of 
self-beautification, one then starts to disobey the express command of God, then those fashionable items, be it cosmetics, dressing, and all whatnot, it then becomes a God. Don't forget, objects, objects that are valued more than God, will and is regarded as a God. I can't exhaust all the examples, but we know them when we search diligently our hearts for those things, material and even non-material things. We know them. God has said nothing. Why I wish I could explain the word nothing. Nothing is nothing. Nothing shall be before God. If our minds should go to anything, it should go to God first before any other thing. Starting from the example of a child, of a mother who has a child, or a father who has a child, it was very intentional. And that example is given because we cannot now say that, oh, maybe it's God that gave me this child, and it's my responsibility to take care of this child. No. God is saying here, don't forget, the children of Israel, they had children even at this point when they were hearing God say these commandments with his mouth. Despite, he said nothing. Absolutely nothing shall come before me. Commandment 2. It says, you shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them who hate me, but showing mercy for thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Who are those who love God? Those who love God are those who keep his commandments. It is beyond a lip profession or it's beyond lip profession that, oh, how I love Jesus. I love Jesus because he first loved me. I love Jesus because he is my creator. I love Jesus because he is my friend. Now, God is saying, beyond all of those things that you have confessed with your lips, if you don't keep my commandments, if you don't keep these things that we are reading today in Exodus chapter 20, then you do not, then I do not have any love for God. Can God be more open than he is now? It is like, having a wife and she is telling you that oh beyond beyond all of these gifts that you buy for me beyond all of these flowers and all these things that you do for me i want you to spend time with me in her heart the more you buy gifts she doesn't see that you love her but the moment you start to spend time with her then you love her now, what does that mean? The moment you start to do the will of a heart, then you are proving that you love her. Lip confession doesn't fly. Our actions is what shows that we love the Father. Now, God told them, do not make any carved image for yourselves. Don't make anything. And God is good. God is good. This is why I say God is good. Remember how God appeared to the children of Israel. He appeared to them in a cloud of fire. 
we read that the top of Mount Sinai was in smoke, thick smoke, meaning they couldn't they couldn't see anything that descended. They couldn't see or put a face to that voice that was speaking to them from the mount. They couldn't do anything. Now, this is very intentional and it shows the wisdom of God. For if they had seen an object, if they had seen a being, if they had seen an animal, if they had seen anything, then they could easily carve out something and say, Oh, this is what we saw. This is God that appeared to us on Mount Sinai. But it didn't appear to them in any shape. It didn't appear to them in any object or any being that they could see. Now he has given the command. Do not carve anything. Do not carve anything. It is interesting that God has given this principle even in his Bible. Even in his commandments, I mean. Now, what is the principle he has given? He has given, he has laid down an example, he has laid down a pattern that we should follow. In order for him not to tempt the children of Israel that he was giving this commandment to, that he was giving this charge to, he himself refused to appear in any image. You surely cannot form out any image in smoke. In order not to push them into temptation, he refused to appear to them in any image. And this is the gospel of Christianity. Self-denial. In order for him not to push the children of Israel to the side of disobedience by carving a, an image of what they saw, he did not take the form of anything or any object. The aim of this gospel is to be as the Creator is, so that we can dwell together. Now, if the Creator has laid down this example, then it's left to me, it is left to you, not to do things that would make our brothers or our sisters stumble. Now I can't say, oh, God has blessed me with so, so, so amount. And now I, I want to show the world that God has blessed me. I want to show them that God is good. Then I go and buy one expensive car. And people start to look at me like, ah, how is this guy doing it? I want to be like this guy. Then those who cannot be as I am faithfully now look to dubious means. Christianity is self-denial. God would have come in his uh, sorry in his glory and majesty and beauty, but he refused to because because he did not want the children of Israel to go on the side of error. Oh, I, I, I'm a guy. I have six packs and, and, and I'm so fit. And because I'm so fit, I cannot but not wear clothes. I want to walk naked. So that when I walk, the girls will be doing ah, ah, screaming and making noise. As a Christian, I should walk the path of self-denial. To not push a brother or a sister to stumble. Over oh, the ladies, I'm so sexy. Oh, I like this dress. The dress is sexy. Oh, I've gone to the gym for so much. I'm having figure eight. I want to wear this sexy clothes so that people will see that I go to the gym, so that people will see that I'm fit, or people will see that I'm sexy, or people will see that I can dress. The gospel of Christianity is self-denial. Thou shalt not do anything to make a brother or a sister stumble. 
This is the gospel of God. This is who we should imitate. The third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who has taken his name in vain. Mm. Vain calling of God's name will not be regarded as a guiltless or innocent act. Behind this commandment is a commandment to have self-control. Now I say self-control because people freely use the name of God in vain. Oh, God's name has been the name for exclamation these days. What audacity. Any, I don't want to give examples, but I know you get the point. Now, what else does it mean to take the name of God in vain? Look at this. If I profess to be a follower, or if I profess, let me use this example, to be a teacher of the word, I teach, I draw the heart of people to God, and I do all of those good stuff. But I now have actions that stain the name of God. That is as good as calling the name of God in vain. Because now we are making the name of God vain due to our actions. Christianity is a work of self-denial. We are also learning that Christianity is a work of self-control. Self-control in this aspect has to do with the actions and even the speech. Now the fourth. God said again, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days. Oh, this is the leap of God. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your sons, nor your daughter, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gate, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. God said, remember. He said, remember. Let us take this commandment bit by bit because it is packed. Remember what we have been learning so far. Remember what we have been learning so far. God told Moses to write in a book all the things that he has been doing for the Israelites. Right from the point when they got delivered from the land of Egypt. That they may not forget. And that is where we learned the lesson from God. Not from me. From God to have a book of testimonies. Where we write down every testimony we have. For what reason? That when the time of trouble comes. That we will remember how God has been keeping. How God has been shielding. And how God has been coming to our aid in time past. Now another commandment is given. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember. Let's go on. God then said, Six days 
you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord your god in it you shall do no work now you know this is a timely um day to actually have this study and it's very timely because i see a lot of countries and it's all over the news i see a lot of countries pushing for a four-day work week four-day work week and those days would be from monday through to thursday oh man 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 what is the command of god now if enoch walked with god if all those patriarchs walked with god then it would be that they kept all of these commandments then it would be that for six days they walked they didn't walk for four days they didn't walk for five days they walked for six days now the work here is labor like going to your place of duty your post where you are assigned to do so 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 and so task that is what it means to work here and now god is giving the command that see six days i have set for you to work but but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord your god once something is the sabbath of somebody then it is that person that owns it if i tell you that's one of my clothes you are wearing in as much as you are wearing it it is mine now this seventh day which is the sabbath is of the lord and it says in it you shall do no work that is you you know your son if you do have a son he shall do no work nor your daughter she shall do no work nor even your male and female servant nor even your cattle nor even the stranger who is within your house This instruction is very, very broad. Now, if God is saying you and everybody in your house, including your animals, shall do no work, even the strangers who come and dwell with you shall do no work, wouldn't that mean that before inviting someone into your own private home, you should ask or you should let that person know that, see, I serve God and this is the instruction we abide by. If you are not ready to obey, please depart in peace. For you desire to obey the Lord your God. Now tell me, is the path of Christianity a smooth path? Pondering on how you and I have lived our lives. Does it sound or look like a smooth or a rugged and rough path? A rugged and narrow path? Tell me. Think about it. And the fourth commandment even goes further. It then re-emphasizes. Now what have we learned about God repeating things? If things are being repeated, then it means it is established and it means it will come to pass. This one is established because God then repeats, For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. This sounds like Genesis chapter 2. This sounds like the creation story. After God made everything, he then declared, Six days have I made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And today I choose to rest. Today, the seventh day.
my dear friend. The fourth commandment that God gave to the children of Israel wasn't a commandment for them. This is a commandment for man. When I say man, I mean everybody. Why? Because now God by himself is connecting this commandment to that which is said on the last day of creation. That is the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. In Genesis chapter 2, the Lord rested on the Sabbath. He hallowed, he sanctified, he blessed the seventh day. Now, he didn't rest because he was tired. I know we emphasized on this while we were studying Genesis chapter 2. We were talking about it, that what really made God tired. It was only speaking, let there be light, let there be this. Was he tired of talking or what? And these, these were short statements. He definitely wasn't tired of talking. Neither was he even tired physically. No. He rested to give man a pattern of rest. There is this popular quote we say from time to time. It said, leadership by example. The creator gave man an example. He who is creator rested on the seventh day. He blessed only the seventh day. He sanctified only the seventh day. He hallowed only the seventh day. Let's move on. And God said again, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, if God is saying honor your father and your mother, then this commandment must be going to children. You see, the commandments of God they are so very exciting. Now, God is telling the children, honor your father and your mother that your days might be long. When you pray, do you not say, no, let me not say when we pray. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, when Jesus taught you and me to pray, what did he start with? Our Father. So in as much as this commandment is to the children, this commandment is to mankind. What does man call God? Man calls God our Father. So, let's take this again in another light. All men, honor God so that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. By the grace of God, we will go, um, God will lead us to the latter chapters of the Bible. Chapters that will talk about the inheritance of the earth by the righteous. Then we will see the fulfillment of this commandment that the land which the Lord has promised will be given unto them that honor their parents, unto them that honor him. And that promise shall be fulfilled. And the next commandment goes thus: You shall not murder. You shall not murder. You know, I was watching the news one time and there was this conflict of um, when, when does life form in the woman's body? You know, so many people saying things, uh, they say this and they say that, they say this and they say that. But I tell you, life forms when the sperm from a man goes into a woman. That is the beginning of life. The scientists have explained that, oh, these millions of sperm, whatever they call them, they they go into like a race and the one who enters is the lucky one and that one starts to develop and take the form of a baby so really when does life start it starts from that point when the male ejaculates into the female now what is the commandment God has said you shall not murder 
I don't necessarily have to pick up a knife or pick up a gun or give an instruction to kill somebody. I only have to take contraceptives as a woman to murder a child. The next commandment goes thus. God said, you shall not commit adultery. Oh, (laughs) I wouldn't like to rush this because I would want us to hear from the leap of Jesus himself what it means not to commit adultery. It then goes further. It says, you shall not steal. I don't necessarily have to carry a gun to steal. I don't necessarily have to pick a pocket. I don't necessarily... What else? What else is the big one that people are so loud about? People steal with just a pen. People steal with just their computers by just increasing figures. One subtle way of stealing is a child who goes and takes money from the purse of the mother or from the table of the father and says, uh, is, is my dad's money, is my mom's money. That is stealing. Because the one who steals from a bank by just increasing figures, it didn't take anybody's consent, it didn't take permission for that. So that child who goes to the purse of the mother, that son who goes to the table of the father, that child who goes and opens the pot of stew and picks out tofu and picks out meat has fallen short of this commandment of thou shalt not steal. Then the next, and it says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Ah. You see, I had a discussion with a friend and he was pointing my mind to how comment sections of the social media makes man fall and fail in this commandment of bearing false witness the bible says in the presence or in the witness of uh, i'm trying to think about how exactly the bible puts it but by the testimony of two or more people let every word be established now how does social media help man disobey this um, command now you just log on to your social media platform platform whatever it is you read a story from one person and you open the comment section and it is explosive everybody sharing everybody doing this everybody commenting everybody giving their own idea or saying their own things to something they did not witness To an occasion or an event that they did not witness. I once listened to a preacher and he said something. He said it is difficult to know what truth is. It is difficult for man to tell the truth. Because there are so many factors that would influence his mind as to what truth is. His judgment is way of viewing things and so many more. But how come we open our social media platforms, then we see one story from one source which doesn't meet the standard that God has given us that in the leaves or by the testimony of two or more persons, let every word be established. But you and I go on our social media we read the story from one person, then we start to comment like we were there. What is the command? The command is that we shall not bear false witness against our neighbor. Hmm. 
Who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is beyond the person living next to you or the person next to you. Your neighbor is your fellow man. The next commandment says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not covet your neighbor's male servant, nor female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Ah, this is a strong one. You and I shall not covet anything that is our neighbor's. Anything. Now, I want you to see the connection of all of these commandments. All of these commandments. It's only pushing us towards perfection. God really is dying to have us do everything. He wants us so bad to dwell with him. But before you and I can dwell with him, we must have conformed to his image. We must have conformed to his image. And he's doing everything in his power to help us. God will not force us to do things. God will not compel us. But we will choose He has given us that freedom. He has given us that superpower of freedom of choice. We must choose to do these commandments. These commandments which are righteous. May the Lord help us. We'll stop here. And we'll pick up in another episode to finish up Exodus chapter 20. Please meditate upon these commandments and see that these commandments God has given to us, they are true, they are righteous, they are perfect, they are just, and they are love. Do have a wonderful day. God bless you.